listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and today we're going to be talking about building a house hack portfolio over seven years so you can go out there and buy your dream home while you're cash flowing and working your way towards a $1.5 million portfolio. And so the person walking us through this is Chelsea Scott, who's our chief investment officer and has built out some of these cool scenarios on our portfolio analysis spreadsheet. Chelsea, glad to have you back in the studio. Hey, thanks, Chris. So glad to be here. Appreciate I am it. too. And I'm excited to jump into this. Yeah. Um, because as we mentioned in the, the previous podcast, we're going to be doing a lot more scenarios, a lot more in-depth things. And this is, why did you pick this one as the next one? Like what jumped out to you to do this scenario? Yeah. So we've talked a lot about what are people saying out there? Yeah. What are the clients looking for? What do they want? And there's a common theme that has emerged over time when advising clients. And that's really that everybody wants to get to their end goal of cash flowing off their properties and moving into their dream single family home. Like they really just want to get out of house hacking over time and move into that house that they've always wanted to be in. And so I started to think a lot about how that could happen, how that could happen as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And so I ran through this scenario which really is um, a seven-year scenario. And to be conservative, we could say seven to 10 years, depending on how things go. You know, life happens, but... Um, and market conditions change. And right, market conditions change and people's goals change. But if you start as a house hacker and you really want to move into your own single family home and build a portfolio of investments at the same time, this is one way to do it. Um, and I really like how the numbers added up. It's really in line with what our clients are saying, which is how much cash they're bringing to the table on their first investment, how much cash they're willing to put toward their investments in the future, and what they really want to see happen for themselves and for their future lives um, in, in the outcome and the end of their investing life cycle. So, um, so yeah, I can I can walk you through sort of how how this plays out. Now, the four investments in here that I included are all actual investments that are our clients are using. The addresses aren't real. Um, there is no Sample Street in Golden, but um, you know, these are these are approximate locations. They are, if an investment's in Golden, Aurora, or Denver, that's actually very close to where these investments are for the client. Um, so the numbers are real, the square footages are right, the number of uh, bedrooms are correct, the price is what they paid for it. Um, and then, of course, I did fast forward starting with 2020 to 2027 using today's numbers. So just something to consider when you're looking at this. You say today's um, numbers you're using. Uh, meaning like, if I could buy a condo today for $215,000 and we're purchasing it in 2027, I'm still using $215,000 okay. today. That condo may be worth 300000 But the reason that's not that important in when we run through this is because inflation and appreciation will move together. So as that condo appreciates and inflation moves, those are basically directly linked numbers. And so today's $215,000 that may be worth $300,000 will be a similar purchase. It will still be a similar purchase for somebody today with numbers seven years cool. from then. So. And of course, this is all, you know, future modeling. So yeah, stay stay focused on, on the on the trends and the big picture here. Yeah. Uh, because that that is the punchline. And so before we jump into that, we are we got the spreadsheet pulled up that Chelsea is using. So we are going to talk through this. If you want to watch the video, it's on YouTube as well. So pick your poison and uh where do we start? I got yeah, I got so the mouse ready. You do. Okay. So uh, I'm going to walk you through this as if you're on an audio podcast. Um, if you happen to be on the visual one, it would be all the easier. But um, just in case you're listening, 
this is um this basically starts with a fifty thousand dollar initial investment. So I'd say that's pretty average for most of most people that are starting in the house hacking world. Um, I do want to mention that. I've been recently working with more clients who have now capitalized on the Bank of America grant program that they're offering for um, for people that are moving into generally low to medium income areas, some medium to higher income areas that are receiving $17,500 and above for support toward that $50,000. So we have some people that have only brought $30,000 to the table and have been able to make this happen. But as an approximate round number, if you have $50,000 as a starting point for your investment, the first purchase on the list is a duplex. And I want to, that $50,000 includes down payment closing, but also 10K initial repairs and 10K in reserves. For this scenario, it does. Yeah, so just so you know, because a lot of times we people bring in low, but we we are trying to be very conservative and realistic in this modeling. It's 100% right, Chris. And I appreciate you bringing that up because I do want, to really highlight that every time we do what I call a spend, so there's a saving period in this model and there's a spend period. Every time there's a spend, that spend will include repairs and it will also include reserves, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, but we're huge fans of reserves. Um, they really help prepare for a rainy day and we like to, we really believe strongly rainy days happen. It's not if it's one. And so we know that. So, Amen. Um, yep, happens to all of us, um, including myself. So. This $50,000 will include everything you mentioned, some repairs, some reserves, as well as the down payment, closing costs, and paying off that PMI upfront. So that initial, um, you know, the mortgage insurance that you're going to be required because these this first investment assumes a 3.5% down payment, which is very realistic for a house hacker. A lot of house hackers get into that situation. So this is an all-inclusive number. Um, if you want to click on the first investment tab, just to drill into this one a little bit, it's a $625,000 purchase this duplex. Pretty high number to start with too. So I also want to mention that because some house hackers may want to start with a $350,000 home, or they may want to start even with a condo or a townhome. That's quite a bit le- like less than this, which obviously would require a lot less initial cash on the, on the initial. So that's important to mention there. But this particular, um, this particular duplex is being rented out. One whole side is rented and then one bedroom on the side that the person's renting in. This situation would, I have this with a purchase date of November, at the end of November of 2020, and I'm having this house hacker stay in this house for two years. So all of 2021 and then all of almost 2022. Okay. And while they're, so this is a two bedroom, one bath. Two sides. Two sides. Two sides. And three bedrooms are being rented. Okay. So one whole side at $2,000, um, excuse me, at $2,500 and then one bedroom in the other side at 1500 And the reason is that one half is a little bit bigger and that's exactly the way that the person that is renting it is doing it right now. They're also getting rubs. So they're also receiving some billbacks. So it adds to the income that they're um, pulling in there. So this, this person is renting this um, property. They also have a 2.93% interest rate. So the interest rate is relatively low, which we've seen for um, house hackers in today's environment. Yep. So three and a half percent down payment. And so this this particular property, again, has a two year trajectory for that person to live in the property. So if, if that's something that they're willing to do, I then make a switch into the second investment and say, okay, great. Now you've lived there for two years. Let's move on. What's interesting and, and a little bit of a change in some some different models we've looked at before and really from any of the clients that I've advised up to this point 
Now I'm moving them into a single family home with four bedrooms and three bathrooms at 2,000 square feet at $385,000. I'm recommending that this kind of be the stopping point for their house hacking life. So now I'm suggesting they stay here for almost four, if not five years in this particular property. And the reason is that there's something called house hack fatigue. And some people don't want to keep moving or they're at a place in their life where they feel they've done this once, you know, now now twice, and they kind of want to stay where they are. Or maybe they're setting up their home office or there's some reason why they really just want to be where they are. Mm -hmm. But instead of stopping their investment portfolio at this point, we're just stopping the house hacking portion of the investment portfolio. The next move I'm going to suggest is moving into or is moving to investment number three, two years down the road. So let me backtrack a second. Moved into the first house hack in November of 2020. Moved into the second house hack in January of 2023. So that's basically two full years later. They lived in the house hack for all of 2021 all of 2022. Now they're two years down the road. There are also, and this is just a side note, but there are a couple tax benefits that some people see by living in a house for two years. They're not relevant enough to mention here and they're not really applicable enough, but I just want to to say that sometimes living in a house hack for two years can have some long-term tax benefits. So now two years down the line on that house hack, they move into their second house hack and they're living there now for that kind of indefinite period while they build two more investments into their portfolio. So if we go to investment number three, this is a condo. It's a three bed, two and a half bath condo purchased at $193,000. That one is purchased on the first, well, we just put January 1st of 2025. So two years after they've moved into their house hack, And this initial cash outlay is quite a bit higher. It's $52,000 just on the cash outlay for some minor repairs, closing costs, and now a down payment of 25% because they're no longer living in this home. So this is something to consider here is that the cash outlay is quite a bit higher in order to get into this condo, but there is a reason why this is gonna work and we'll get to that in a minute. And then I'm gonna suggest after two years there, they do this one last time. They buy a second condo, very similar to this condo. So investment four is uh, an investment condo that was purchased at $178,000. And that that particular condo is a two bed, excuse me, is a three bed, two bath. And that one also has initial cash outlay of around $50,000. Now I have increased the interest rates on these um, to, in order to change with potential market conditions. And these p- numbers for a condo, a three bed, two bath in today's marketplace would be challenging, but they were purchased at this price within the past year. So you might want to factor that in. This condo might cost you $215,000 in 2027, possibly more than that, possibly $230,000, $250,000, depending on what appreciation looks like. So it is something to consider. But I want to now go back to how this is all going to work. Yeah. So let's recap this. Duplex, live there for two years. Excuse me. Yeah, duplex, live there for two years. Single family home, live there for five years. Within the five years you're living in there. And sorry, while they're living in that single family home, are they renting room by rooms or are they just... The owner just staying there, no roommates. So the owner is house hacking and they are renting room by room. So if you want to go back to the, that's a good point. Those rental numbers, those rental numbers are $3,000 for $1,000 a bedroom and $100 of revenue um, for all of the utilities. And this is in Golden, so that's very realistic. Yeah. So $1,000 a bedroom with $100 on a bill back, right? Okay. So let's go back to the executive summary tab and kind of look at how this all kind of plays together. So to achieve this, what the ask that's that's embedded in here is that the house hacker does not use the cash flow from these properties toward their life for seven years. 
So the cash flow coming off these That's properties. That's the big financial ask? No, it, it's a little bit more than okay, that. Okay, okay. That's one of the big financial you, asks. Just to preference that, you're like, hey, there takes a lot of financial <laughs> this one. So that, that's, that's, okay, that's very, very that's reasonable. very reasonable. The other part is that we're asking them in the first two years to save $750 a month and put that in a savings account. But here's what I want to say. When you look at investment one and two, they can potentially, they are living there for free. So the numbers that are being produced from the rents allow that house hacker to live for free. So because they're living for free for these seven years, asking them to put $750 aside towards saving toward their investment goals may be also very realistic because they would have been spending that toward their living expenses. Yeah, so you're, okay, so let me make sure I understand this. So they're, all the cash flow they're making from the rental income, Mm -hmm. now is that just gross rental income or is that cash flow after they pay the mortgage? It's cash flow after they pay the mortgage. Okay, great. So it's just, it's, yeah. it's after mortgage, yep. after expense cash flow. Yep. And then since they're living for free, they are just redirecting, hey, since I'm not spending 1000 to $2,000 a month on rent or my own mortgage payment, right. I'm just going to have a discipline to save that money instead for future rental properties. Correct. Okay. Okay. So it's not. I think those are very realistic. I do too. I do too. And I I thought we were talking about like you know uh, reusing uh, paper towels and uh, and having to eat ramen every night. Yeah. No, I'm not. It's not. It's not back to college days. It's more like so. If you look at this in the first two years, I'm asking people to save sixteen thousand five hundred dollars per year, which is basically the income from your house hack or your investment property plus another seven hundred fifty dollars per month. Now. In the upcoming years, okay, so like then I ask people to save $26,000 in their third and their fourth year. However, you now have two cash flowing properties. So your cash flow has increased quite a bit. So you've got two cash flowing properties, and I'm saying now I need you to up how much of the cash flow you're saving cash flow now from both of them. And still all the cash flow, right? All the cash flow. Okay. All of it. So all the cash flow and still your $750 a month. I move that to $850. For the second two years. So it's eight fifty. So it's a little bit more, but it's only a hundred dollars more for your second two years. Which is still very reasonable. Very reasonable. And then actually, believe it or not, it does increase in cash flow in the fifth, excuse me. So yeah, the fifth and the sixth year. We're going up now to twenty seven thousand five hundred a year from your cash flow, plus only around seven hundred dollars a year of your own income. So you go down a little bit of like your own savings. You can start dropping a little bit. 700 per year, 700 per, per month, month, per month. Per okay. Month. So you go 750, 850, 700. So the last couple of years, you get a little bit of relief there on that side of the house. So if you continue to do that, that type of a savings plan by acting like the cash flow you have from your investment properties as house hackers is non-existent, saving the money you would have put toward your living expenses toward your investment goals could allow you to acquire four investment properties. Now let's look at the final outcome. But before, sorry, just scroll down for a second. So now in this process, I have also included a savings plan over the years to get to your six months of PITI or $10,000. And that was the reserve conversation I mentioned earlier, or the reserve that I had, you know, that we brought up. So we really, really tell our clients that you should have six months of principal interest taxes and insurance saved up or 10,000, whichever is greater for each investment property for those unexpected. Now that can be a challenge. And so embedded in this savings plan includes getting your six months of PITI saved up for all four properties. So we've achieved that after seven years. I mean, you never know how much you're going to have to spend of that necessarily, but we're working toward getting that base built. Mm -hmm. So that's included. 
Now, here we are seven years down the line, and you have now been able to refinance out of your properties enough for 20% down on a house ranging from $400,000 to $950,000. So, okay, back up two sentences. So in seven years, depending on marketing additions, I can refinance Mm -hmm. my properties to pull out money Mm -hmm. as a 20% down payment on my future dream home. Correct. That's where the down payment's coming from is from pulling out the equity on those properties. Correct. So okay. I have now added up all the appreciation with a conservative 3% embedded appreciation rate. So you can, we can dive into that a little further. But basically we're saying that the house is appreciating at 3% per year, which is very conservative for the Denver market over the years, over the past 20 years, it has surpassed that. So if we're looking historically, it has gone way past that number. Mm-hmm. But we're saying 3% appreciation on these properties conservatively. Then I look at how much principal has been paid down over the seven-year period. Of course, more has been paid down on your first property than has been paid down on your most recent purchase. But I take all of that and say, okay, let's now refinance out of one of those properties, probably the first one you purchased, enough to buy you a home for 400000 to nine fifty. Now I use that range because someone may say, I can't pay a mortgage for $950,000. So if you want, pay a mortgage for $400,000, but you can now own as a primary residence that $400,000 home and not have to have any roommates in it. So that's one of the things that you're getting out of this. Now let's go to the multi-investment tab and look at even further what you're going to walk away with after seven years. So after seven years, you have four properties that if you're renting them room by room, Okay, and the room by room rentals, we do not right now have a property manager included in. We do have property managers included in the condominiums. You never lived in them. They restrict investments. They come with a property manager. The ones that we have as house hacks, we right now have them without a property manager. So if you do have room in there to have a property manager on board, just know that. Know that I can drop this cash flow number and you have room in there. But I decided not to model it with a property manager because a lot of people, once they've lived in the home, feel pretty comfortable managing. They feel like I know it well, I understand it. I'm not going to be totally blindsided or surprised. So in this case, these four properties are cash flowing, meaning after you paid your mortgage, $30,915 together. You also have $1.5 million of real estate valuation. So your properties, after they've appreciated over seven years with that 7% are now worth $1.5 million dollars. And if you were to pay them off, all four of them, if they were paid off in 30 years and you retired and you finished with this whole, all of this and decided you're just going to hold these properties straight on, they would make you $96,148. Wow. So basically the return on your, on your discipline, the return on your effort over a seven, let's say to 10 year period is tremendous. Now you have your single family home that you completely own on your own, not as an investment. You can live on it, you know, at the comfort level of value of home that, you know, that you feel comfortable in. You also have $30,000 of cash flow coming in. You have one and a half million dollars of real estate, and you eventually can make just under a hundred thousand dollars a year once they're paid off. So it gives you a really nice portfolio of investments while getting you into the home you've always wanted to live in for sort of a seven year stretch of just really sticking to a long-term savings plan. This is great. And I mean, you know, the thing that pops in my mind is, you know, these are all very realistic scenarios of, hey, move twice. Yeah. Have roommates for 
five, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is where it gets so exciting as, as you know, people start doing this, as they grow, as their goals change, is yep. there's an infinite amount of um, variables they can do in here. Great. Move a couple more times. Yep. Or when you refinance, hey, use that money to go out there and buy more investment properties yep. or buy your dream home, whatever it is. Like there's so many variables Little they can do on there to make them fit for their lifestyle and their goals, but it all depends on, hey, what's the right fit for them? Mm-hmm. And on a regular basis, making sure you're reevaluating your goals, yep. the market, your properties, and making sure it all makes sense. And hey, where where do I want to, you know, how how fast do I want to accelerate to my goal? How much yep. do I want to sacrifice now? And what's the right time frame or speed for me? And what I really like too is that it is adjustable, like you said, to what that person wants to do. And and something else to think about is number one, if they were to qualify for the Bank of America plan or any of these other plans, they can reduce the amount of cash they need to bring to the table. And people don't always look into those possibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I've had clients say they've gotten more than seventeen thousand five hundred. I've had people say that. This allowed them to get into the real estate investment world. And then the other thing is, if you have a plan like this and you know you're going to be living with people for a substantial amount of time, you start to spend time really looking for people that will work well with you. So you start like resetting your mind that, hey, I'm in this for a a relatively long period of time in this for the long haul to build my goals. I'm going to find a way to make this work. Maybe you have a best friend that just relocated here, or maybe you met somebody through work or through your neighborhood and you start, you know, thinking about them as a longer term roommate. So, you know, it gives you it gives you something to work toward and it's just a really, really cool way to achieve your goals. Yeah. I I, I like this a lot, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And I mean this is a, a very like it's a doable plan because as you mentioned in the beginning, a lot of times people get house hack fatigue or nomad fatigue, whatever you call it, where hey, a lot of people say, I'm gonna move every single year. Mm-hmm. And they start doing it and it's not not every single year. I mean after year two or year three. Yeah. They get tired of it. I mean, some people do it, but a lot of people mm-hmm. say, hey, that's that's too fast a pace for me. Mm-hmm. And whether you, hey, if you can do five properties in five years, or you can do a couple of properties in seven years, you still get to the finish line. You just do. depends what the right balance of sacrifice is mm-hmm. to your lifestyle, your income, your goals, all that stuff. Yep. And and I really like the the concept that once people understand how doable this actually is and they create this plan up front, now you're working off of a plan instead of working off of sort of just making choices year over year, right? You like you understand where you're headed. Yeah. And this is kind of the whole to, to bring this back to because we, you know, we went through a lot of information very quickly for people and, you know, compressed yeah. seven years into I don't know, 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> um, but this is the whole point of why you're building out the portfolio analysis right. uh, service for people, because there are so many scenarios. Mm-hmm. They're constantly changing really every month, you know, every six months to 12 months is probably a significant, uh, you know, a good chunk of time to come back and revisit it. And that's the whole point of why we're building this out. So we can sit down with clients and say, Hey, great. Let's review your portfolio. Mm -hmm. What's your plan? Hey, let's look at some snares. Let's look at this and figure out, Hey, what's the next best step for you there? And that's, that's exactly what happened this morning on my client call. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. So this was, uh, this was the house hacker visit. It is. 
Um, he's a house hacker now. He wants to house hack again. And uh, he's looking at solar, which I know a lot of people are not that excited about because it doesn't make sense. Your tenants pay your utilities. Why would you invest in all that solar? But we're actually modeling out the tax benefits he's going to receive from putting the panels on. And this is a house he may want to be in himself as a house hack for a little while. And so if he's going to see the benefit coming out of the solar for himself. And so it's in a unique modeling scenario. But then what he's doing is he's given me a list of places from Fort Collins to Loveland to Wheat Ridge and Arvada to Denver all the way to Aurora of where he'd consider living in his next house hack. We backed into the price he can afford in his comfort level, how much he wants to pay, and he does not want to have roommates in his second house hack. So he wants to rent out the other side of the duplex. So these are things that, you know, it seems a little bit hard to achieve, but we actually, at the end of the day, we realized he can afford $750,000 duplex because he's in a $325,000 home. And while he's willing to pay for the entire bill at his current home. So when he realized that he was willing to do that, I don't think he fully had considered that all you have to do is just double that amount and let the tenants pay the other side. Yep. That was really exciting for him and seemed really viable after we had that conversation. And so that's, walking through this and understanding the benefits of what we're doing is great because he's also going back and looking at all the reasons why he would do solar or not before he's actually going to move into his next into his next house act yeah so interesting just interesting conversations that happen when we're in the planning process what's the what's the rundown on how much the tax benefits help because the thing with solar is a lot of times they don't add value to the property you know mm -hmm. they don't they don't increase the property value True. and a solar system it's gonna cost you know, fifteen to thirty thousand dollars, maybe a little cheaper now. Um, I put solar miles three years ago. We we're at just under thirty grand. Yep. Um, but I got ten grand back in taxes that year off of there. Um, now, did you amortize that over the years? That's what we were discussing. Was I? I took it up front. You took it up because my whole plan there was I. I, I was borrowing. You know, I, I got the financing through a solar company on a two and a half or three percent. You know, mm -hmm. something stupid cheap. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I was like, hey, I'd rather take that. There you go. You know, you could get the $10,000 and apply it to the loan for lower loan payment. I was like, no, I'd rather take that $10,000 because I can get a greater return over 3%. Yep. Or I'd rather leave it sitting in my bank account than saving 3%. Well, so I took it up front was the way I, I evaluated it. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. We're evaluating whether it should be amortized over the years, taken up front, how it's going to benefit him, and all the reasons why. Now, he's part of a nonprofit that has, you know, kind of convinced him to do this. He's a, he's military, he's an ex-military veteran mm -hmm. and he gets some VA benefits and he works, you know, he does a lot of service in, within his community and he feels there's a lot of benefit to him just jumping on the solar movement. So now we're looking at it from a financial perspective and I'm looking at exactly what you said and how much would he have to charge his tenants monthly because he is going to pay for it on a monthly basis. So then you'd have to bill back yeah. and you'd have to say, And he'd okay. be buying that leasing, right? Yeah, he would be, he would be buying it. Yeah. And the other thing is we talked about after it's paid off, after you have paid this off how many years of savings of energy costs would you would you then we're also factoring that in so your energy savings in the back 20 years of the you know the ownership of that home the amortizing the tax benefits over the period of time and how you would actually bill it back to your tenants so we're looking at all of those angles because that oh here's a curveball popped my mind. So, you know, a lot of times if we are doing rubs, mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, we're, I'm billing back the tenants here. And so normally, hey, the cost is going to be $200 a month electricity, mm -hmm. but now it's $25 a month because of solar. Right. 
can I build my tenants back that full 200 in savings or do you have to stick that $25? Yeah, so it's a good question. Because that gets in the interesting gray area. It does. And that's something I would have to see. This is all part of the learning process. Yeah. Because I would have to figure that out as to how much more they could charge. Because a bill back is a service. And so there are two things you're doing when you bill back. One, you're taking on the responsibility of paying the bills yourself. You're not putting that responsibility on the tenant. And you're taking the liability because if that bill goes unpaid for any reason, it's on you. You're the one paying it. It's in your name still. Yep. It's not being passed to the tenant. So you can charge for that service. You're, you're doing them a service of paying their bills and taking on the liability. How much you can charge, I don't know yet. So is it, if it goes from 25 a month and you're still charging them 200, I, I would have to look into that. But that these are all things that we're doing mm. in this process. And and these are the kinds of things that we, we figure out to make this all happen. So for example, if somebody called and said, hey, I really wanna do this, right? But I only have $25,000. How can we make this work? We look into the grant program. Yeah. How do we make that work on the grant program side of things? or you know, what are the different options out there for that person? Yeah. So, yeah, F yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, anything else before I wrap up here? Um, no, I okay. mean, I think, I think this hopefully gives people a good idea of, you know, what's, what's doable. Out yeah. There. And I, I think you did, cause it gives people, Hey, cool. Here, here's one roadmap in the big picture yep. that it can, can, uh, fit there, but then we always have to circle back around that, hey, every every year, uh, mm -hmm. everything is changing, come back, revisit it, yep. review it, and that's the whole reason we're doing all this, help people you know, get to their goals and balance their happiness, their finances, while they're getting to their goals. Yeah, and I really appreciate you saying that it's one roadmap. There yeah. are many options. This is just one way that I was able to cut the pie to say, okay, you can slice it this way, make it work, and everybody gets a piece. Exactly. So, yeah. Cool. Chelsea, thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris.